0: good day to the point listeners hey guess who it is it's producer ryan coming to you again are you guys loving this as much as i am because i am loving it a lot look i've got a couple announcements to make for this week's episode who by the way was phenomenal like this was live at RoofCon. john die what a great episode but look before we get into it let me give you a couple announcements chris is still traveling, but he will be at Pantheon in LA from April 20th to 22nd, and Jeff Boab will be at American Contractor Summit. Speaking of which, John dies holding the American Contractor Summit April 21st through 22nd, both in-person and virtual access, so no reason not to go. Look, for those of you that wanna go in person, it's in Indianapolis. For those of you that wanna stay home, chill on the couch, it's right there online. Now, where do you sign up? You sign up at AmericanContractorSummit.com. One more time, American Now, let's get into this week's episode.
1: This is to the point. A Rhino experience. Fully one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts.
2: Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services podcast, along with my co-host, The Jeff, live at RoofCon 2021. This is like, what, our fifth podcast we've done since we've been here?
3: Yeah, it's the fifth, but I am super excited about this one.
2: Yeah, man. Like, I met this guy at uh, International Roofing Expo, our guest. Um, Great human being. Um, We connected instantly, which is really cool. Um, It was really weird. I'm just (laughs) saying. I didn't say intimately. I said instantly. Um, that would be you, Jeff. <laughs> You're the one that connects into Wait, wait. I'm not saying that's you, John. I'm just saying that's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. My bad, my bad. But yeah, but I'm excited to have him on the show because he's been in the in the roofing space quite a while. Great, uh, great history. He comes from my hood, my old hood. He's another Indiana boy. Yeah, I tell that's my right? home are brothers. Are
3: you another Hoosier? He what is up with the Hoosiers I'm here. I'm
2: man. We are just a. Just, hey, man. Listen. listen Purdue listen, or IU? Immediate connection. IU. Oh, right. Son of a bitch. I like there it. it. Goes, I you know. like it. There I it know, goes. I Boiler know. up. <laughs> Boiler. Uh well, there we go. Now we have our first. Now we got our first fight. That's all right, dude. That's all right. Fights, uh, lovers,
3: quarrel, bring people together.
2: It's either IU or Purdue. You, you can't like them, but it's one or the other. Uh, what about Notre they, Dame?
3: Where's that following? Nah, in the nah, mix? Nah, who, is that? who
2: the hell's Notre Dame? <laughs> I, I honestly forget they even exist. Me too. I don't even know who they are. These guys are lame. Who, who's they're in Northern Indiana? I Nobody like none
3: of them. them. I thought they were Irish. Nobody cares
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh my god.
2: Well, listen. This is going to be fun. We're going to get nothing <laughs> accomplished on this. It's going to be amazing. And here comes Hunter, Hunter, Hunter ball What's up, Hunter? Shout trying, out. Trying to jack with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This, RoofCon this 2021. Here, we got we got shirt cannons going off, beach balls flying around. <laughs> How are we supposed to do a show around here? We're supposed to be professional. This is too much fun. I know, man. I'm, I don't get it. It's a good time. Can we it's get it's down a to good business? time. Yes, we okay. can. Let's yeah, get down. Right. Let's get down to business. You know, there's that song. Is that a TikTok song? That's, uh, no, uh, I've that's, heard uh, that song. That's so a BT, isn't it? I don't know who it is, but nice. I heard that that's song. It's an old person song, and Chris. anyhow, okay, we got my man John Dion, who's the founder yeah, and executive yeah. producer of the American Contractor Show, which, listen, man, that's actually how I found this. You remember that story? Yeah. I Actually, how I learned about RoofCon was somebody brought me, um, or told me about it. Actually, one of our big private equity players that bought a roofing company, the guy who the roofing company I went to meet with, who is now a customer of ours, mentioned RoofCon. And so I just went to YouTube, and I looked, <laughs> and I found the, the like the, the the show, on you know I watched it, and it was Joe yeah. Hunter, yeah, uh, or a Hunter says it's you take the T out, it's Hunter, 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 hunter. Um, and so I watched it, you know, and I kind of someone looked, called him Andre the other day, Andre, Andre, we were in the Chick Fil A parking or Chick Fil A drive
1: through a couple of days ago. He wanted to get some uh, Chick Fil A before the show started, and so we're in the drive through, and he goes, uh, you know, they ask your name. And the guy's standing right there. And Hunter said Hunter like three times. And the guy's like, Andre? Matt. And so I'm in the driver's seat. So I finally, like, yeah, Andre, yes, let's go. Andre. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Roll. So Hunter is now Andre, officially. Ah, I'm gonna, we need right, to know that. that. Yes, yeah, work on that.
2: Keep yeah, that in mind. Thanks thanks to Andre Blue for putting on the show for us. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> and by the way, check the that, uh, uh, tasty. Not, not endorsed. Not endorsed. No. Not endorsed. I do love Chick-fil-A, though. You do. Um, well, listen, man. Thanks for being on the show. And, and you, I love man. yours, man. Like, Thank you know, like I could told you, that's what originally attracted me to all this stuff was I kind of got to hear what Roofcom was really all about and its core values. You asked some great questions and then... Once I found out you were from Indiana, it was game over. <laughs> it's game over. So I'm I'm actually excited to have you on. Excited to get your insight. And um and so what, I, what we always do to tee this thing off is just try to let our guests talk about you know one how they got in the trades because this is obviously a trade specific podcast yeah for sure uh, but how do you get in the trades and then kind of you we know, where are you at today like what are you doing today
1: yeah so uh, kind of a interesting story for me I'm a little bit um been in the trades now for a while uh, born and raised work generation. Uh, originally from Chicago, though. Fourth so, generation. Yeah, man. So my my father was a GC growing up. Uh, he was a commercial general contractor in Chicago, um, and my grandfather was a was a he was a bricklayer mason, and, uh, and then my great grandfather was a blacksmith. Wow. Um, and, you know, that's as far up as I can go. Like, I'm sure I could go further, but. Blacksmith? He was a blacksmith, that's man. Like, there's an anvil in my family that's somewhere. I'm, but. I'm, I wish I could get it. I would love to have it on the show. I think it'd so be awesome cool. for the set. Cubs Absolutely. or socks before we. Cubs, bro. Okay. Come on, Cubs. I'm so, a Cardinals
3: fan, so. so <sighs> this, you and my wife get along, right? <sighs> wait a saying,
2: wait saying, so does this mean that you're Bears or Colts?
3: I'm oh. actually Colts, man. Colts? That's
2: better. That's a better move. Yeah. So.
1: By the time I finally moved to Indiana, I was, like, 13. Gotcha. So I wasn't into football yet. And so when I got into football, it was a Peyton Manning era. Yeah.
3: Oh, so it's That's all easy, calls,
1: bro. It was easy. Babe Carson Wentz. Edron
2: James, Marvin Harrison. Oh, man, it was such Dwight. a great time. Yeah. Such a great those time. Those were good years. Um, and I, I miss those years. <laughs> Don't
1: Especially forget Dwight. Now. Dwight Freeman. <laughs> What is it? Oh, and three. Right well, now? we were texting. Remember, when I was at the I was tailgating oh, that's for the right, first yeah. Colts game for the Seahawks game, and with I was with Aaron Christie and the Indy Roof guys, Jim Johnson. All these guys were all hanging out, and uh, Jim Johnson's wearing like a Green Bay Packers jersey. That's not what
2: you don't do that. Yeah, no. he did
1: that at the during the tailgate at the game. It was very very obnoxious, but it was uh, <laughs> it was funny because you guys were you were at the at another I was game. At, I was at the Titans you
2: Cardinals were the Titans game. In the National, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that was cool though. So I, I thought cause I thought maybe. Maybe Chris is around. I got an extra ticket. You know, we'll see. But that
2: was cool. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, I was in um, Nashville for that Cardinals game because I was going to go. My original plan was I'm going to go from there up to your top rep. Yep. But I was like, after that, I was like, we celebrated a little too hard. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens. Cardinals put a hurtin' on the Titans to open up the season.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, they did. That's for sure. That was good for the Colts. But then the Colts still haven't done it. Yeah, yet, so. so
2: now it's not really going to matter. That's, I mean, hopefully it matters. We'll see. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. now they, they went the opposite direction for that Cardinals game and been tearing it up. I know. So but. Okay, so let's keep going down your little path here. And then um, and if you would, uh, reference the year just so we can kind of see yeah, timelines. Yeah, so, so 2000 <laughs> is when
1: we moved to Indianapolis. My dad decided to uh, – sell the business in Chicago, moved to Indy. He had a, he was going on a different path, trying to get into some ministry stuff, uh, going, to, going to seminary. So when he did that, he uh, he needed to make some extra cash and uh, didn't want to go back into like full-blown commercial general contracting. Uh, time was limited, whatever else. And he somehow stumbled onto roofing sales, um, learned about storm damage, all that kind of stuff, and realized that this was a really easy sale that you can accomplish. And so back then in 2000, it was a little bit different with the insurance companies and the way things were structured because any insurance work that we had done up until then was uh, very lucrative. Um, and so that he knew the numbers were good. He understood that world a little bit. He actually used Xactimate, which is the insurance um the software, the software that they use? Yeah, he used it in the 80s. Wow. I didn't even know that. I learned that recently about my dad. He told me that. I thought yeah. that was really cool. That's, that's progressive, man. Yeah, it was like Watermate and DOS computers. Like, <laughs>
0: DOS like I don't
1: even know Stoppy how. Discs. Yeah, floppy disks, like the big ones. Yeah, that, that was a whole other world. So, and, uh, But he told me that. I thought that was really cool because that's they were still using, you know, they were starting to use stuff back then. But uh, So that kind of led us into the roofing space. And um, I went in kind of a different direction, did some car sales stuff, uh, owned some car dealerships, got married, moved away, um, traveled around the country, ended up moving to Ohio. And uh, I came back into the industry again, and I started selling roofs because kind of was in the same situation. I had sold my car dealerships. My, my wife and I had moved from uh, North Carolina to to Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, what am I do to make money? And one of my buddies happened to GM a roofing company, so I went to work for them and got in right as a
2: storm was hitting. Oh. Got in the storm world, became an order taker. <laughs> I sold. I, I signed. <laughs> That's nine
1: not sales, contracts. John. I know. I sold, well, <laughs> I was proud of it. I signed nine contracts my first day out, uh, and I'd never done that before in my life. I'd never sold roofs. Felt good. It just felt good. Yeah, it sure. felt real. Like I made stupid money in one day, and I was like, oh, "This is cool." You You're know, like, yeah, this I'm is the, the, this is me. I can do this. And so, kind of, my story is a little bit different though, because once I started to get these insurance companies to give me their their scopes and do all their stuff what a lot of the sales reps were doing was they were just taking whatever the insurance company gave them building the roofs doing all the all the trades that were involved and then you know figuring out their numbers later like they were very it was a really weird sales cycle that when i saw the numbers i'm a kind of uh i'm kind of a detailed guy when it comes to uh estimates, like, cause I grew up around change orders and money and, you know, watching like how people can do things. And the golden rule in contracting as a child, listening to dad talk and mom, you know, about stuff is, and this is probably my grandfather taught my dad this, and my great grandfather taught my great grandfather or my grandfather this, but you don't work for free, right? You get paid for all the work you do. And so as I'm going through these estimates these exactimate estimates, which I didn't know what they were at the time, I just saw line item estimates. I was like, why are the, why aren't they paying for everything? And so um, I started to ask the insurance companies, hey, I need drip edge, I need this, I need that. And what, we, what I was doing was I was supplementing and I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I was trying to get them to pay and add in all the extra stuff, which a lot of times equaled out to two to three, $4,000 on each job. That adds up, it's a big, it adds deal. Up, big deal. So I'm getting the success. Other people in the office start giving me their files to work on. because The sales reps are like, wait, John's making an extra $1,500 on that job in commission. I mean, that's a big deal. I've got 10 jobs here. That's That's $15,000 for me. So they started giving me all their stuff. Turned out I had a little niche that I didn't even know about that insurance or that roofers weren't getting insurance companies to pay for everything that they were doing. So they were doing a bunch of stuff for free and not getting paid for it. So I ended up starting what's what's known in the industry as a third-party administration company or third-party supplementing company. Got it. And uh, that was like in 2010. So I started to work with other contractors, expanded that out, uh, did a niche into that, ended up uh, getting my adjuster's license at some point, chased a little bit of uh, hurricane stuff, kind of ran this little boutique firm on the side, did a little bit more roofing, uh, built a couple houses, did some other stuff, got distracted. And then uh, finally one day I was was actually managing a roofing company and the owner of the company looked at me and said, John, he's like, you really, really like teaching, don't you? And I was like, I really do, because I was starting to teach contractors how to do what I did. And he said, I want you to make a decision. You either go teach or you run this company. And I said, I was kind of like annoyed by it because I was kind of ticked, but I knew- yeah, what he was an ultimatum, man. He gave me an ultimatum and it was, but he knew what he was doing. And, and he's actually one of my closest friends. I literally just talked to him about five minutes ago. He's here. And uh, he owned this, he owns this big company to do probably 30, 40 million a year. And they had branches all over the country. And so he was, I, I ran a branch for him and he's, and he did that. And it was because he saw what I was really passionate about. So and what it, was was intent- potential. it was a super very intentional. intentional. Yeah, it was a very personal conversation that Got we it. had. And so he said, you know, I think you should go. Cause I, I had started to travel more and teaching these events. And so I ended up uh, taking the travel thing. I was like, I want to go, I want to go teach more. And that's what started Art of the Supplement. And so then, what year is this? Just so I have some reference. This is like 2017, 18. Okay, got it. Okay. So I'm out traveling around the country, teaching contractors how to do insurance scopes and then uh, how to write the right things, how to supplement the so right you, way.
2: So did you, I mean interrupt you. So did you create an actual business for this? like Like a straight up LLC? It's called Art of the Supplement. Art of the Supplement. Okay, gotcha. It was a
1: brand that I created that I was literally having courses all over the country where I'm teaching it. Plus I'm doing like private you know, training stuff, yeah, consulting sure. work, and uh, building these companies' supplement departments up. Got it. And so I ended up getting acquired by the largest third-party supplement company in the nation, which is Balance Claims. They're based out of Indianapolis. Right, right. gotcha, okay. And so Troy, Eric, those guys ended up becoming my business partners because we ended up trading out shares and I took a piece of Balance. And uh, earlier, well, last year during COVID, we started American Contractor Show. So it's a very right. new thing. It's only a year, a little over a year and a half old. Um, and it was started because of COVID. We started to garner some attention. We started doing some podcasting, some different videos with Art of the Supplement. But Art of the Supplement is so narrowly focused and I wanted to help contractors on a much broader scale. Plus you learn so much when you consult people. Um, when you consult businesses, because you see so many different things and you see things that work, things that don't work. And yeah. you have this view of the industry from a whole different perspective. And being
2: at Balance, we had 800 clients. I can't actually wait to dig into a couple of those things. Yeah. What yeah. those are the and that so you see. And so I
1: learned all that. American Contractor was developed out of that. And uh, earlier this year in April, uh, Balance Claims got acquired by a publicly traded company. So we all got to cash out a little bit. And uh, during that transition period, I I got a hold of American Contractor Show, pulled it out of balance. Uh, the, the other partners graciously sold it to me at a ridiculous rate. Uh, we worked out a really good deal and it worked out really because, I mean, we were all were having a pretty good exit at that point. So they were. I was able to acquire ACS and partnered with Jim Johnson, who is uh, the contractor coach pro in the industry. He's a phenomenal guy. I'm, I'm more of a visionary, so I'm not very good at like saying... Yeah, like I don't. I need, I need a guy like I need a guy like Jeff El Patron, you know, to make things happen. <laughs> <out> <laughs> El Patron. Integrators. L- L- F- L- F- 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 Shout out yes. to
3: Integrators, Connor. Right. Love you. I hey mean,
2: will you give a quick uh, give a quick um, plug on American Contractor just so our yeah, so listeners want to give it yeah, a listen? It's
1: it's all over YouTube. It was kind of funny. We've taken off actually on TikTok, which has been our craziest thing. Yeah, that's
2: been weird to hear all the TikTok stuff. But like my Couple hundred hundred my thousand followers. my social bro. team has been on it. Like we need to do more. We need to do more. I'm like. I, this is going to sound bad. I don't even have it. My wife does. I, I don't even have I it. I didn't even have it. But we started. have it. I yeah. just don't know anything about it. I don't really put much effort into it. Didn't mean to derail you. But well, OK, go ahead. My
1: team loves it. They're younger. They like it. They think it's cool. So they jumped all over it, made it a thing. Thankfully, uh, Tesla is putting on Tesla roofs right now. And yeah, it's oh a roof system. So we were able to get some, some good coverage with that, which has helped boost it up. But we're, we're basically all about celebrating contractors, making their lives better, elevating the industry, education. That's what we are. Um, we're, we're not about, you know, we, we, we get enough money to, 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 keep our doors open, keep our lights on, keep the bills paid. But at the end of the day, this is all about giving back to the industry. That's perfect. And so that's, that's our whole mission. That's what we, that's why we exist. Well,
2: that's why this exists yeah. is exactly that. And, that's, and I think we had that synergy. We, yeah, we sure did. And so it was actually, this is where I tell this story a hundred times, but, um, the only reason I started this thing was, was when Gary had said, when. When Gary had said, I know that sound. You got to start the podcast," you know, and I was like, "Dude, I don't want to do a radio show." He's like, "You're already looking at it wrong. It's not a radio show." Right? He's like, "You just said to me one of your one of your core values is giving back, and you can't work with everybody." This is how you give back. And he's like, "And then and then he was then he was helpful." So that part was helpful, Bro. but it, the whole intent was to to give back and, and to see what it's become today is like pretty exceptional. It all has to do with our listeners and our guests. Yeah, I mean, our guests bring in great content. Our listeners are amazing. They're so loyal, and so it's fun to watch it grow. It's just become more of a full-time job. <laughs> so now I got two full-time jobs. I hear you, dude. But I, but I hear you. But, I, but I'm grateful, man. Like anybody who's going out and your in your ultimate mission here is to like give back and serve, like and that's what you're doing. Like uh, I can get behind that always, and I certainly want to be supportive of it. So, congrats Same. to you for getting that thing going. Same, and I can't wait to get you on ACS, dude. So, I know, I totally stood you up. I'm like, it's okay. damn it. So well, you you're, stood John be, up. I'd, I'd, I'd rather. Man. I'd rather you come to Indy anyways, and we do something there. I would, so. I would, I would, I would love to do that. I we'll would do that. So, so um, we'll make that happen. So I want to go back to a couple things because I want our listeners to be able to take some, get some good takeaways from this as well. Absolutely. And, and because you've been in business and you've also worked with a lot of businesses in this industry, you talked about, you know, you're going in and, and the reason this whole consulting thing worked out for you is because you're finding where there's misses right? while you're seeing like different issues that companies are having. So what were some of like the common things that you were seeing from these guys that they were missing? So I'm going to tell you the biggest part of our industry that I believe is broken.
1: Okay. And that may be a little bit Whatever, but I'm just going to- When you say our industry- I'm a, The roofing industry. Got it, okay. The roofing, uh, the, specifically the roofing industry, because the roofing industry is made up of uh, pretty much two different sides of it. You have the retail side that's out selling retail jobs that don't, have a, don't experience a lot of storm damage, and then you've got the insurance restoration side. Uh, the insurance restoration side, though, is a massive part of this industry. Okay, so both these these sides are basically doing the same thing but different. Uh, one side basically refla- replaces a roof. One when, side is me.
2: One side is not me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So one <laughs> side's gonna replace roof when they need it. The other side replaces a roof when they don't necessarily need it, but they do need it. What if you just did it's both? Newer. What if you, you just did both? You can. You can. But the problem is, so when there's a storm for example it's a different skill set there's it's different. a different skill set and it's a different sales cycle it's a different uh it's a different there's a different amount of pressure on the on the company that they now have this large influx of jobs that they have to take care of because if it's like indianapolis we've gotten hit with some storms in the last couple of years yep, yep. so a lot of the indie companies are exploding in revenues but those revenues are based on storm work and so they're 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 really busy right now. They have this massive influx. And so next year, if there's no storms, what ends up happening? That company's going to shrink down a little bit, right? Yep. It's going to change the way that they operate. So that's the
2: problem I'm trying to solve. By the way, just so you know, and that's are, what so I'm hyper we. focused on. Yeah, we're in this, So we're in the same boat. We're we're trying to solve
1: the same problem, and it's it's a it's a terrible it's a terrible influx, and it makes it makes for a really hard deal, but. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that have been doing this for a long time, but I feel like number one, we have a bad approach to the storm storm game to begin with. Um, I have a good friend; her name is Jen Silver. I don't know if you've met her yet. She's here at the show somewhere. She does. Um, she she's in Utah, but the way that she does, she treats every deal like it's a retail deal. So, in other words when even the storm like when even the storms come yes. through she treats it like retail she treats it like a retail deal even though it's not a retail deal she treats it as such because the problem is contractors especially roofing contractors have taken on the road the role of insured advocate almost like a public adjuster should do contractors have taken that role with the way that they supplement the way that they write things the way that they approach the job they're there to they almost feel like they're there to represent and help the homeowner get that claim approved which is completely outside of the realm of a contractor, right?
2: SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with smartac.com you gotta check it out now and so that's been a
1: big that's the, and that's what led us into supplementing doing some of the stuff that we do is because contractors had this massive desire to be to fill that role and now looking at it in 2021 it's a totally different world and the way the insurance companies are basically at war with us now because they feel like we have essentially gone out, marketed to those customers specifically, created this this point where now they're paying out all this money in claims that, and then we supplement it and we try to, you know, we're. this is the whole reason why we exist, okay? Why supplement companies exist is because insurance companies have guidelines and they brought those guidelines back to basically cover less of the roof. So that's a massive problem. So what Jen does, and what I've seen a lot of the contractors started starting to do, is instead of them treating it like it, which you got to think too, an insurance claim. By the way, your sales cycle on an insurance claim is going to be three, four, five months, months sometimes. Right, yeah, yeah. Longer. which it takes a day to do a roof. Okay, it's not like a whole big project, but it becomes this massive project. So think about the well, time. If you're doing a effort. bunch
2: too, you're sitting. Well, you better be
1: cash you better have, have some decent cash flow cuz you got have gotta carry. decent cash flow cuz yeah. you're carrying a lot yeah. but not just that but your sales reps have to have decent cash too everyone everyone's stressed out by the cash cuz your sales cycle
2: is massively how, long how how, what's normal for like the sales guys to get paid out? They sell a roof, they get paid out. Well, that's a whole other problem in the industry. <laughs> uh, okay, then don't derail. Keep yeah, going. let me <laughs> not derail, because that's,
1: that's another... We could go into a whole rabbit hole into that.
2: And by the way, listeners, when he says retail, he's essentially referring to residential. So just so yeah, I can get re- the us yeah, let's, right. let's keep. I'm not going to get into
1: commercial, because that's a whole other thing, too. So so on the residential retail side, uh, so they're selling it. So what Jen does is she takes it. She says, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Homer, which also the other thing that homeowners are scared of is that a contractor is going to come, knock their door, sell them the idea, get the insurance company pay for it. And then the contractor is going to take that first check from the insurance company and they'll never see them again. Okay. So that's another, that's another thing. Cause anytime that that, that happens, which it happens, it happens not that regularly, but when it does happen, the media is all over it.
3: Does it happen more so when storms happen? Oh, 100%, obviously because
1: it's, it attracts storms attract a certain chasers, right? chasers, yep. people that are unscrupulous, different stuff. So those people, when they get involved, it becomes this whole thing. So they're worried about that. So what Jen does is she's like, looks, she comes in with a fresh perspective. She says, listen, uh, we're not going to actually do this job based on the, based on the insurance proceeds, based on the insurance check or anything else. I'm going to finance the entire thing. All right. So when the insurance company approves your roof, if this is what's going to happen here, You'll take that money and you'll put that in your bank account we're gonna do a six month same as cash whatever 12 months she gets green sky whoever involved whatever finance company she wants to use and then she's basically tells the homeowner you keep your money we're gonna retail this whole thing out we're going to finance the whole job if my and she has actual cost analysis on what the job should cost she's not going off of the insurance numbers she's coming off of her actual numbers that she knows that's good and she's like okay so let's say let's say for example the job is the job on the retail site costs twelve thousand dollars to produce the insurance company's only paying ten okay great it's going to cost twelve here's the breakdown of that job if there's upgrades involved in that she has it parsed out and the reason she does that is so that the insured can then take that job, say, I paid $12,000, Mr. Insurance Company. I did not upgrade anything. This was just to get the job approved. Here's, in the homeowner's taking this, esti- or the invoice, not the estimate, the actual cost that was incurred because of the homeowner incurred the cost, right? Right. And they're taking it to the insurance company saying, this is what I actually paid. Hmm. Now the insurance company's saying, well, that's cost incurred, that's a different conversation now. Whereas before, everything was estimates and everything else, it's all nebulous, which estimates are guesses, right. you know, whatever else. Guestimates. Right. So at this point now the homeowner's like, Look, I paid this much to get the roof done, you you pay me. And she tells the homeowner, if there's any problems with that, here's a name and number to a public adjuster. Wow. You deal with the public adjuster. So now the homeowner does all of that. Jen shows up, makes gets the job done, gets paid a week later, a few days later, whatever, gets the, the, the finance company pays her. She's out. She's out in one, two weeks versus four, five, six months. Got it. And so this new model, this thing that's coming on, I call this like the next era of roofing. Whereas before it was a legacy, I call what we did before the legacy way of doing it. So I've been traveling around the country and I've been teaching this. I call it the ultimate claim experience. And people are like, oh, they're thinking they're just gonna come learn about supplementing? Yeah, I'll teach you how to do supplementing. Sure, if that's really the model you wanna use, we'll have some rebuttal training, some whatever. But it's more than that. But then after lunch, they come back in and then Jen Silver gets out there and says, that's cool, but this is what I do. And here's a woman that owns a roofing company, and is having massive success. The homeowners love her. She's targeting her customer, her ideal customer, and she has this amazing
3: pipeline of work. And she's not having to, you know, mess around with the insurance companies. Dude, that what could be some that's amazing, Jeff. Like, what could be some potential? We get Jeff traveling with John. Dyer? <laughs>
0: Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go on man. The road, bro. Sales I, training one on one, baby. I some other
2: things
1: in the works too. So we'll talk about Ooh, that. Oh, we'll, ah, talk.
2: Yeah. we'll talk. We'll uh, talk. This is exceptional. Like, so um, that's a lot. I'm sorry, that was probably a <laughs> no, lot. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying what you're explaining is a lot for an owner to think, like to be able to think about.
3: It's a paradigm when shift you're,
2: when you're still probably the majority still wearing multiple hats.
1: Right, but the owners that that grasp onto this concept, like I, I mentioned it slightly during our, during the marketing breakout, and I don't even know how I got onto it, but I said something because I'm I'm excited about this. I think this is actually really cool. Well, it's super clear. It's super you're, clear. I
2: feel a passion. I have had him. like
1: five or six people be like, "Where's Jen? Where's Jen? Where's Jen? Where's Jen? I want to talk to Jen." That's awesome. That's cool. And I'm like so jen's been hanging around talking to people about this the, the whole show and it's been really cool to watch this happen does jen
2: work for you
1: no she, she has, has her own company I, she has her own company i just here's the thing dude like in this this goes back to my core belief in what we are all about i don't uh, i mean if anything jen could potentially be costing me money i don't know because if you look at how uh her model will affect the industry my model goes completely against her model as far as the supplementer goes i don't i mean supplementers they would they'd I probably don't want it, com- contractors doing this because
3: that really goes puts them out of business. Yeah, that's but, right. I guess that
1: would well, be- Well, you know what? I don't care. I want the contractors to be
3: successful.
2: Rising tide raises all shit.
1: That's 100%. It. So
3: people looking at this model, like I'm sure people are going to be listening going, wow, that's a paradigm shift for me. What are some potential pitfalls that they might well, en- encounter?
1: And this is where contractors get a little bit sketchy. And I think it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Okay. They, they've been doing it this way because of a scarcity mindset. They think, okay, well, we're going to keep- they think, well, why would that homeowner want to finance it? They don't not want that. They don't want this, they don't want the other. When, it, when in reality, they're not thinking in terms of what a consumer really wants. They don't, they've never given the consumer that option. They've just always done it this way and they think that's the way it's gotta be done. And it's such a it's such a wrong mindset, but if they do run into a pitfall, what, well, what's a pitfall? Maybe they don't get their credit approved. Okay. Okay, so at that point, maybe you have a legacy program that you can use that does it the old way, okay? Maybe I mean, that's really the only pitfall I can see they run into if they have a credit issue or they have some other reason why the job wouldn't get approved. But at the end of the day, though, for Jen, she just turns them down. She says she turns her down about 25 percent of the work she does because she knows that that job, even though she can go down the legacy path, the amount of time it's going to take to do
2: that job is going to cost her money. Love it. Got it. I, one thing you said that always like drives me crazy is when somebody says, well, this is how we've always done it. Right. That's, that's what, the mindset here. Well, that's where, like I told you, man, when I went to IRE and I went and was just kind of listening to people talk and, and hearing and, and going and listening to some of the different marketing companies and going and visiting different vendors. I was, I was came back, or Jeff and I were there. I was saying, I feel like it's so behind than what we're, what we're used to. And that's what really led me into feeling like I could genuinely make an impact. Like, from a lead generation standpoint, yes, mine's gonna be retail focused, and I, we're already doing exceptionally well at it, but what I'm learning from this is, is that it's the adapting, like people wanting to adapt and do yeah. it. And I, and I put this in my presentation the other day, and I believe it, and I talk about it in my own company, and it's a simple little phrase, and it says, complacency has no vacancy. We can't, you can't do, we always gotta be moving forward, you don't, I don't care what it is, like I also say, no zero days, and a lot of our swag, we have no zero days on the back, and what that means is that, I don't care what it is, like. Everybody's learning a lot of shit here, and you, there's no way you're going to even retain 60% of the shit that you got, and you certainly got to go implement all yep. of it at the same time, yep. but you got to do something every day, and even when I say no zero days, it's not even always just professionally, it's like even personally, like, hey, don't hit the fucking snooze button that morning, yeah. get up and go do something, but for God's sake, don't be complacent. That's when you yeah. start to get your ass handed to you, and you don't keep moving forward, and those that aren't are going to keep moving past you, So, but all this stuff that you're sharing is just a whole other level or layer of things that we don't even talk about. That you have to focus on as a listener because they're contractors. Right, I'm not. I'm right. Got, i have only got. I got one job to do, and as as a, as a digital marketing company for, and that's how I got to bring in new customers for. Them. That's my job. A lot wow. of shit behind it, but that's just one little piece of what has to be done to continue to grow your business and scale it and, and scale it profitably.
1: Well, and I look at our industry and I look at industries like HVAC. I know you're big in HVAC and i've I've studied them a little bit and i I like i like learning more about other verticals i think it's it's fascinating to me and you know that's what i'm doing here like i'm fascinated yeah exactly so i want to go to some other shows too and get to know some other stuff so we'll probably talk about that too but i i i feel as though like the roofing industry as a whole is still very antiquated we're still doing things. I mean, the way that we're doing it today is the way my dad was doing it in 2020 when he, or 2000 when he got into the industry. Nothing has changed, other than the insurance companies have changed the game a little bit. But the the, the approach that contractors have taken has not evolved. It's the same approach, the same mindset, the same idea. Back then, they didn't have financing yeah, but options. Yeah, isn't that like they so frustrating?
2: It's very it's frustrating. frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating on behalf of them, like on behalf
1: of the homeowners. Yeah, yeah. it's very frustrating because they're giving their homeowners a bad product. Yeah, and and not only that, but this is where contractors don't understand, like based on the old model, like you are going to have a very hard time scaling a business using that model. It's very, very, very difficult. You're right. It takes a lot of cash. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of discipline to make it work. And that's the biggest thing. We don't have that discipline in our industry because we're not really that professionally trained. We're cannibalized. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is, Oh,
2: I've, I've heard You've heard this a lot. I've heard it a ton. It's something I learned actually really quick.
1: Yeah, we, we, we cannibalize ourselves all day every day because of the way that we employ people, the way that we sign contracts, the way we don't W2 anybody. We make, we make the project manager, who's a sales rep, do every part of the job. So what do they end up doing? They start their own company yep. using the exact same t- tactics from the company that they
2: just learned from, but even worse sometimes. And so it's like this whole... You know, we talked about this at IRE, didn't we? I don't know. I'm 100% sure we talked about this because then you start talking about... This is actually... This is, I think you're the second person that had told me that. And then we start talking about how the sales guys get pissed that they're not making the same commission. They'll go off and do their own yeah. thing too. That's literally what they do. And so it's it becomes
1: this, this cycle of just terrible companies all over the place. And so the second that we become better at what we do, the companies that are better are the ones that are scaling and actually growing. We have a company that's about to... Do over a hundred million after their last acquisition. We call those the five
2: percenters. Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, Chuck Toki, the guy that that, that partnered with us on TopRep, that right. is one of the sales coaches. I mean, the company he comes from, uh, they were they're like $180, $190 a hundred and eighty, hundred ninety million dollar a year, and he helped build that company. He was the VP of sales there, and so like, but you look at their model, it looks nothing like the rest of the industry. I got a be by the thing. way. Is
2: he coming to the he thing today? Be- possibly he was here last night i wish he could yeah he he was here yesterday he reached out to me to connect and i and i mean obviously here it's like yeah i I get it no but we can
1: we connect all right cool i'll make sure that happens because i'm very close to him so he's a great guy but he's but his whole model is the same way too like what i just said that's literally the way they do it at the big company that's literally the way that they do everything. That's the best way that they, they, they process things because they know that money loves speed and then it's got to go fast. It's got to happen. You can't be sitting around. Like I got guys that are walking around here They, they told me that they were phenomenal sales reps and they did like a million dollars in sales and roofing, in roofing sales. And I'm like, i like, come on a million bucks a year. Like a week, this week, man. Like there's one guy walking around here. I know that does like eight Damn. So, I mean, like at the end of the day, one sales rep does eight. And I'm like, you know, there's. This is not a very. This is actually a very, very easy industry to make a lot of money in if you
2: know how to do it the right hey, way. And help me understand this real quick, just for our listeners' sake too, because we have a lot of guys that, like where there's actually a ton of crossover between like what I'm, what I'm going to consider our world, which is HVAC plumbing, electrical, and roofing. We're noticing there's a ton of crossover. Well, totally. So with like guys here going out and doing AC sales or furnace sales, it's essentially the same thing as, as roofing sales. Yeah. Um, but what does a guy who sells eight million dollars like a sales guy typically make? If you're doing eight million dollars, you're probably gonna make four or five, maybe
1: a million dollars a year. No
2: shit, that's a yeah. man. But an eight million dollar person is like
3: grinding. They're very they're, that's one percent hard
2: Yeah, that's, that's that's top one of one. One got it. Okay, so but what's like an what's what's more uh, if average? You're, if you're if you're doing a million a
1: year, you're probably gonna take home about eighty. Okay. 80 to 80 to 120, and that's a decent living, man. And, and honestly, a million dollars in roofs is literally like 100 jobs. Got it. It's okay. not
2: that much, and 100 deals is pretty easy to get. Yeah. So then I would take the 100.
1: Obviously, that's, take the that's 100. two deals
2: a week. Yeah. So yeah, it's two roofs a week. I drill down. That's exactly how I yeah. look at it. And that'd be my KPI in place. am like, what I got to do to hit that. Except then I would double it. Chris is already doing the math in his eye. But that's (laughs) the
1: magic number for every sales rep. Every sales rep wants to make 100K. Yeah. 100K, how do I get to make 100K? That's a no
3: brainer in roofing sales. I think that's the barrier in sales. Everyone thinks everyone's making 100K. Everyone thinks
2: 100K
1: is a magic number.
3: Listen, it's really not, but everyone thinks it is.
2: Well, I mean, that would, I'm a, obviously, I'm always a visionary thinker, so that would be like the, if I suck, that would end up there. That's how my brain works, though. But I know not everybody's wired like me, but I do think that what matters is, and we'd had a few of these conversations about like brand equity in a market is you want to like who you're working for. Yeah, 100%. You want to know, know that like they're doing things to constantly make their business better, not just right. flying by the seat of your pants. Because the whole sell it to grow your business thing, like that runs out at some point. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more than that to be successful. So uh, what I'm learning is like this cannibalistic nature of the business actually could easily be solved if they started to focus more on working on the business versus in the business. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, I look at guys
1: like, like Dustin Beegler, Apple Roofing. Yeah, Apple. Okay, yep. Apple's one of my best friends in the industry, right? He owns 60, 70 trucks that he owns, that he leases to himself, to his business. He owns them in a leasing company that he sure. then leases to himself. Smart. Every sales rep yeah, good has CPAs. Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. He has some phenomenal CPAs. <laughs> <laughs> so every every business or every con or every sales rep, I'm sorry, has their own truck that they get from the company. They are W two employees. They have uh, laptops, you know, uh, cell phones. Everything is company given. They're employees. To them.
2: They're employees. Yeah,
1: so. and they're happy. Yeah. and they make their top producers maybe do 150, 200 a year? And I bet
2: you has minimal turnover.
1: Minimal turnover. Jeez. Great, great coincidence? People. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know this, and that's the thing. Like we know it exists, but then you look at every other company where if I'm a sales rep, I have to buy my own truck, I got to wrap it, I've got to. am using my cell phone. I'm using my my, my laptop. All of my own equipment. My ladders. Maybe the company gave me access. And some some companies I know charge contract or charge their sales reps, which are actually contractors. Their own independent contractors. They have to run their own business, yep. their own taxes. It. Pay their own taxes. Then yep. they get in trouble with that. And so, like, all those things just add up to, like, the perfect storm
2: of— Because sales, sales guys are not good at paying taxes. It seems them. short-sighted <laughs> to me. Like, from a business owner's perspective, I actually— This is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it bad. I actually want to control that that person um in my job. Well, that's what they want, too, though, most of the time. you mean, don't, who, The sales they? rep. Okay, gotcha. The sales rep wants they that. They want to control their own thing. No,
1: no, the sales rep wants someone else to control their stuff oh, for gotcha, them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, so you, got gotcha. So they just want to be like,
2: yeah, here, go here and go do. Like You take
1: most of these sales reps and you put them in a position to where they have a very, very easy track to run on. That's very defined. You just put you on the track and you go down the- Put road, some blinders put on. Put some blinders on, focus on your job. And you find that most people are pretty happy that way. Yep. If, if you're making six figures and you don't, you have minimal stress, and you don't have to worry. And you got your benefits. You got your, your gas card. Of. You got yeah, you got benefits. You got, you, got you got all the things. You go home every night. You're those people are happier.
2: A hundred percent. And You work happier. harder, and you're more productive when you're happier. Yep.
1: Hundred percent versus our model, where and I, I hate to like I don't, I don't want I don't want to seem like I'm trying to rip on my industry, but I do want to like.
2: Oh well, no no no! You're just creating awareness, creating awareness, well, or and drilling I, and, down awareness. I and frankly, say. if I didn't care, I wouldn't say it. Yeah. So
1: I care, and that's the reality. Like well, I, you're
2: coming from a place of you're actually trying to correct it. I'm and trying to I'm trying yeah. to help
1: bring awareness. Right. And you give them back is what you're doing. Yeah. And so when you look at it though, if these guys are stressed out all the time, trying to get their numbers, trying to trying to go out and sell jobs, knocking on doors, or, or even that's not even a terrible thing. But they but they got to make their truck payments. They got to make this they got to do that they got they got to pay their own health care they've got to pay their taxes they are you really making that person successful yeah mm. that's good you're causing them i think more
3: harm that's than good. Go good half the time
2: yeah
1: john and that's why do my you feelings. see that
3: is it just like we talked about before this is just the way that we've done it it's and people are not it. evolving the average business owner is not the apples of the world <laughs> that's a big part of it i feel like
1: it's it's lack of education yeah. it's lack of desire to want to upsell it's frankly it's also I don't think they're making enough money. So quick follow up on, on their it. stuff.
2: Interesting. And I think the
1: I think the owners aren't making enough money. I think the sales reps are taking because of the way that they they structure it, and because they're not doing it retail, they're doing it for insurance proceeds. The insurance companies are squeezing the crap out of the industry. So at the end of the day, if an, if an if a business owner feels tight on cash, they shouldn't, but they do because they're not. They don't know how to sell. They don't know their numbers. They don't really know all this information. They're just basically cash flowing this business, instead of actually having good numbers. Got Very it. few of these companies, at the end of the day, they, they may have large revenue numbers, but they really don't have,
3: like they don't know their profit margins yeah. really are. So they rob from Peter to pay Paul? Bingo. Damn. Damn. Do you feel like because now we're in the information age that business owners will start to change because information is so prevalent? You know, you talked about the system that she put in place that's working now. You've got podcasts, you've got mastermind groups. Do you feel like the industry will start to turn because information is so readily available? I feel like part of the industry will start to turn. Yeah.
1: And there's definitely, there's a part of it that's really hungry for this. They're ready to go. And those will be the most successful. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's another side of the industry. That will probably never embrace it. And that part of the industry always goes out of business.
2: You know what's interesting is we kind of have to have that. Yeah, You yeah, actually kind of have to have that. You
1: got to have that balance. And so it, it's unfortunate and it's sad, but it's what it is. It's the reality. That side of the industry is probably never going to evolve and become the side of the industry. They're never going
2: to learn that. Did you hear me talk about my 95-5 rule? At all? Was that during... When did you say that? My keynote. It was a keynote. The keynote. Okay, did I think did? I
1: was in the back with Hunter. We okay. were, well, we were so hanging out. you
2: know talk about this 95.5 rule, which is kind of along those lines, and it's it's been accurate at least the 15 years I've done these. I've literally done hundreds of keynotes and breakouts and all this shit and been in the industry this long. It's still the same thing. This 95.5 rule is a theory that no matter I, I walk out there or any these speakers come out there or you they meet with you and you they you give them facts on how to move the business forward and like even tactical takeaways, mm-hmm. a box they can check that's easy, you just got to go and implement it. Even if it fails, you just got to go implement it. Most still won't do anything with it. Yeah. 95% 100%. of the people will do yeah. nothing with what you gave them. Their ambition is there but the action doesn't match. Mm-hmm. But it's the 5% that do are the ones that become the most successful and I didn't say the biggest, I just said the most successful companies. And that's
1: measured so differently.
2: 100%. No gets measured gets managed. So yep. I'm, I'm on board with that and i think that but in some odd way in order for the five percenters to continue to be successful we still need that 95 percent <laughs> to not do shit which is kind of weird i want everybody to do it it's just that i know over the time that it's just not the way it works out i wish I, that number would start to go from 95 to 90 to 85 and then everybody could do it but it's just it's not happening man it's, i've been trying to do what you're doing right now for 15 years in my own world like really trying to be like please listen to me I've, I've now got 15 years worth of working with some of the biggest badass home services contractors that do exactly what I'm telling you to do. And even if you take one or two of these things and implement them, that's so ridiculously easy. It's going to grow your business and make you more profitable without spending another dime. Well, and people still don't do it.
1: You know, what? and I think part of that, too, is there's a lot of people that have approached this space like that what we're doing with with uh, with bad intentions. Sales mindset. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. And well, so there's there's cuz there's it's, there's RoofCon and then there's other stuff. 100%. And the other stuff has a whole different uh, approach to this and they're tired of that. And they don't take it seriously because they've been burned so bad by this other side well, of the that industry. other
2: stuff approached me and I went with the, I went with RoofCon <laughs> just so you know. Did you know that? I didn't know that, yeah, but I but I have a lot you, more
1: respect for you now because yeah. I know what you're referring to and and I and I feel the same way. So And it's obviously large.
2: Yeah, I Decent, know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know what? This is this is this year. This is just about as big, if so good, right there. And well, next year we'll, we'll eclipse it. Didn't it didn't matter
2: to me. Like the matter to me was like it's who who can I ride with that's got my same values. I thing. think there's more hunger now for this
1: than there is I think for so that. Too. So it's getting old. Yeah, it is. Old. It is getting old. Move on. Just yeah, moving don't on.
3: say you respect Chris more. Just don't. Re- I don't respect e- Chris more. Thank you. I everything him else, less. Like, John, everything else you said, I agreed with. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jeff. Oh, no, shut but, up, Jeff! Shut up, Jeff! <laughs> well, listen, man. We're about forty minutes into this podcast, but you're sharing a ton of stuff too. I want to make sure that um, you know that I have give give our listeners the opportunity to connect to you if they want. If you're yeah, cool with that, yeah, for sure, man. So um, obviously, you know, make sure you check out American Contractor. So uh, the American Contractor Show, but also like actual contact info. So even if it's just an email, you yeah. know, um, his so info his number is eight six seven five three oh nine. That's it. Call that number. <laughs> what's All your What's your email, John? Go so, ahead and share it with their listeners. If
1: they want to email me directly, it's John J o h n. dot D-Y-E at acmediateam.com acmediateam.com cool we'll tag you on it yeah for sure i appreciate that um and you know if there's anything we could ever do like we want to learn more we want to share best the best things out there when we learn something new we automatically vet it and we make sure it's great and then we we kick it out and thankfully we have contractor coach pro we have top rep we have all these things that are designed to help with that but we uh we want to make sure that we get the right information out there
2: you know i think what i was just sitting here thinking jeff um we got to make, make some connections with some of our big players too to see if that, because they're still learning too. Like, yeah. we're so heavy HVAC plumbing electrical, like these little things, I'm thinking, like, man, if I can make that connection and that's something that connects the dots, one, it, actually, it lets us bring back, continue to bring more value even though we don't do it, which is why strategic partnerships exist. Well, we should in, make the connection. And roofs are becoming smart.
1: Which is super weird to say, but with solar and all these new things going on, there's going to be a lot more interlap between our industries, I think, in the future.
2: Yeah, I think so, and so too. And so we're going to become much more more meshed and, and you know, aligned. Well, so. I, I have 100% know it's going to basically if I yeah. look at trending I'm already seeing it that's why I'm here yeah you know I start to see our players buying ripping companies it's starting to become glaringly obvious that there's it's going to go that way And the MA markets you know to be bar- yep. it's going to go heavy the next two three years into buying ripping we're companies we're seeing
1: it I mean, we saw what happened with Cornerstone we've seen what ha- what's happening across the world I mean, uh, in Apple
2: my customers yeah. the, the reason I have them is because of acquisitions so like yeah. they in my plumbing HVAC guys bought them and rolled them into the business
1: right so it's been kind of neat to watch no, we're, we're just now on the very front front uh, cusp of that that's what so in. Yeah, that's why, I'm here, bro. that's why I love that, and <laughs> I love that you're here. I mean, I've been watching it, I've, I've been seeing it happen, and I'm excited about what it's going to mean for all for the entire industry.
2: Well, man, listen, I'm grateful for your time, I and mean, obviously, you get you bike pulled you away like on the fly, so okay, impromptu. So, I mean, thanks for sharing your knowledge, man. You crammed a ton of shit in the small amount of time. Sorry, dude. No, 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 <laughs> Sorry. I'm grateful for that. I love it, man. We're like <laughs> this, this was in. So um, thanks, man, for coming on the show. I'm excited to share. I'm to share your, you know, your show as well with everybody.
1: Thank you so much, man. You guys are awesome. You guys are doing a great job, and it's it's really an honor to be here. I'm I'm humbled that you guys
3: asked me to come by. I'm, I'm grateful. Thanks, sure. man. Very enjoyable. Sounds like you and I will be doing a Zoom call soon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
2: do <laughs> oh, shit, it, man. <laughs> Jeff's gonna be traveling around the country here in no time. Him and Chuck are gonna be best friends yeah. Let's go, man. I'm down. <laughs> Listeners, so. listen, man. I hope you guys had some good takeaways there too. And obviously, like because we we've starting to pick up on our on our uh, on the roofing contractors to listening to the podcast and they're reaching out and continuing need to do that because it's actually a nice affirmation for us to know that this is valuable to you as well but you know you got to always look between business is business regardless if you're HVAC plumbing electrical roofing solar doesn't matter there's a lot of the same practices that you can take place we drilled into pretty heavy into the roofing category which is very purposeful for this particular episode and I'm anxious to see the outcome of it. Yeah. You know, I'm anxious to see what happens from it and the communication we get, but please, man, we love it when you leave reviews. That's obviously the most rewarding thing that we get. It lets us know how it's going and obviously subscribing to share with your, you know, with your friends and, and your family and your peers and make sure your kids listen to it. Cause they're really going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, man, this is our last podcast That's we're doing it. live at RoofCon 2021. Hey man, you're it, brother. We I ended it with it. a bang with my know, homie man. John Die. Save the worst the
1: for last. Anchor. Save the, the worst for last, <laughs>
2: listeners. We are so incredibly, incredibly grateful for you. If I could spit the fucking words out, yeah. so incredibly grateful for you. And until next time, we'll see you, listeners. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe, and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.